Hello and welcome to the Subculture. I'm your host Jared. And I'm Edwina. And we're still doing a Once More We're Feeling series on Buffy the Vampire Sire. Today we're doing Season 4, Episode 8, Pangs. This episode first aired November 23rd, 1999, written by Jane Epperson and directed by Michael Lange. This is a full spoiler podcast. I'm a huge fan, but Jared has never watched the series all the way through and I'm trying to convince him it's worth his time. Yes, Eddie, you're always trying to convince me. And this episode, what did you think, Eddie? We have our Angel crossover episode of the season. Oh, yes, Angel yeah. crossover, yeah. Yeah, uh, and it's the one and only Thanksgiving episode. Thank God. <laughs> Not a fan. Yeah, I'm not much of a fan of this one, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I'd enjoy this one either, to be honest. I watched yeah. it twice and I was still bleh after yeah, it. it the, yeah, I'll get into why I don't like it. Like The only redeeming quality of this episode is Spike and Anya. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, Spike, you know, running around, being a pretty what is it a sexy dramatic drama queen with like the he's got the blanket on him and the he's blanket of shame the is blanket it? of shame on him is, it, is that another one of those clothing of something things no. i've seen him we wear a couple of times haven't we or don't think we've seen him in a raggedy blanket no yeah okay yeah <laughs> so but yeah this but it's this blanket it's just full of holes and it's dirty and i have mm. No idea why he's wearing it because he has a leather jacket on. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like looking through windows. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's it's honestly the only redeeming quality of this episode is Spike. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you want to get into the... Oh, really? That was it straight yeah, into it? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk a We're bit more about We're just going to run through this the, episode, are we? Yeah. Not much to say. Okay. Oh, I do have stuff to say, but... Um, oh, right. Yeah, uh, this isn't a fan favorite. I'm guessing. Well, some people it is, but I think it's a bit tone deaf, kind of like yeah. There's a lot of issues with the whole Native American Indian mm, yeah. sort of discussion and what they were trying to do, but they've still like leaned into the stereotypes. Yeah, yeah, yeah they did, didn't they? <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, uh, let's do the summary and we'll get back to it. Buffy patrolling finds a vampire, engages and then slays him while Angel watches from behind some bushes. The college dean Guerrero makes a speech for the groundbreaking ceremony for the new anthropology building and Xander is one of the construction workers. Xander begins to dig, but the ground suddenly caves out under him and he drops into an old abandoned building which is soon discovered to be a long lost mission buried underground in an earthquake centuries ago. Buffy decides to cook her own Thanksgiving dinner and invites all her friends. Anya arrives at Sanders house to find him incredibly sick and right away starts taking care of him. A green haze comes up from the old mission and goes into the cultural centre where some weapons are being kept. After the haze comes in contact with a knife, it turns into a large Native American man and kills the curator. Buffy and Willow later secretly investigate the murder and wonder why the curator's body is missing an ear. They also discover that a Shumash knife is missing. After Giles agrees to look up information on the Shumash people and Buffy leaves, Angel appears from Giles' back room, having come to Sunnydale because his friend had a vision of Buffy in danger. Willow goes to get a coffee and runs into Angel. He tells her he's just looking out for Buffy because she might be in trouble. 
Buffy attempts to find a reverend in a church for information on the Shumash people, but finds him having been hanged by the Native American man, Puss, who attacks her before fleeing. When Willow researches the Shumash, she discovers that they were imprisoned into slavery and forced labour for various supposed misdeeds, and that they attacked their accusers by severing their ears in retaliation. Buffy is realising that Huss is recreating the wrongs done by his people in vengeance. After overhearing the conversation from the bushes, Huss returns to the mission where he resurrects his warriors. Covered in a blanket in a terrible shape, Spike runs through the woods trying to escape Riley and his initiative team as they look for him. Starving, Spike tries to get food from Harmony, but she threatens him with a stake and he leaves. With only a blanket to protect him from the sun, Spike shows up at Giles' place asking for help. Buffy is reluctant to give in, but after he offers inside information on the initiative and Willow helps him explain that he cannot bite anyone anymore, she allows him in. Giles conjures that Huss is seeking up figures of authority as his targets, and Buffy worries that Guerrero could be next. When Willows feel bad about how their people treated the Chumash and refuses to cast a spell to kill their spirits, Spike calls the gang out on their apologetic behaviour towards them. He especially points out that Huss would not accept any apologies for rightfully killing his people as a conquering nation, and that Buffy must preserve and kill him in order to survive. Willow, Xander and Anya leave to warn Guerrero as Buffy and Giles prep for dinner. The spirits attack Buffy, Giles and Spike with arrows. Helplessly tied to a chair, all Spike can do is try to move out of the way as he gets hit with arrows. Willow, Xander and Anya encounter Angel on their way back and they determine that the Chumash went after Buffy, realising she must be a figure of authority. Angel shows up and helps him out. Buffy cuts Huss with his own knife and reaches a conclusion that his own weapons can kill him and his warriors. Huss turns into a large black bear, causing Spike to panic and knock over his chair. Bear! Bear! You made a bear! Buffy struggles with Huss and stabs him, causing the spirits to disappear. Angel walks away without being seen by Buffy and the gang sits down to Thanksgiving dinner with Spike joining them whilst still tied up. Xander accidentally lets slip that Angel was in town. The end. Mm. So, just a few things before we get into this. All right, Um, yeah. As we're recording this, it's actually the 25th anniversary of the first airing of Welcome to well, the Hell. Well, today it is, is it? Yes, yes, it is. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. There you go. 25 years, huh? Yeah, 25 years of Buffy. Wow. Since it started. So, yes. Oh, since it first aired. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, congratulations, Buffy. Yes, congratulations. On your anniversary. Another round of applause for Buffy. Yay. <laughs> and some other news. We now have merchandise. Merch. Oh, merch, okay. Merch. <laughs> yeah. So we right. now have an online shop. Yes, what, what can you buy there, Ready? We put the picture's name on everything. Merchandising, uh, merchandising. You can buy t-shirts and lots and lots of other things. A t-shirt, and nice. Can you get coffee mugs? I like coffee <laughs> yes. mugs. Yes, you can get coffee mugs. All right, I need to get one. Yes. We're running out of coffee mugs. Yes, we'll get some nerd subculture coffee mugs. That'd be great. Yes. Our first purchase <laughs> by ourselves. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you feel like helping out the podcast, buy some, buy some merch. Yes. Yes. Support us if you can. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. That's I so. Think we all, I did also set up the Patreon as well. Oh, we got um, Patreon now. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, but there's no content on it. Oh, <laughs> I well. don't know how we're gonna find 
time to put content on that. So oh, okay. No, we'll sort that out. So yeah. All right. Uh, and so, so you can stop sending me money through the mail now. Yes. In, in envelopes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. it'll probably get washed away in the floods anyway. <laughs> if it gets here. <laughs> it's halfway down the street already. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so now that I've got that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, let's talk about the episode. The whole thing is, is that I don't really want to talk about this episode. No? <laughs> I don't know. I. All right. <laughs> Well, enjoy. I hope you like this episode. (laughs) All right. I don't really want to talk about this episode, but But. I will talk about this episode. It's not because I hate the episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you do. No, it's it's just very tone deaf, which I will talk about. But it's also... But first, I'll, I'll start off by talking about Angel in this episode. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's a crossover. Mm hmm um with another episode which is actually an like actually quite a good episode of angel um it's much better than this episode okay <laughs> it seems uh, buffy's always in trouble so it didn't seem like she was in greater trouble this time around for him to come in and save her yeah but it was the fact that she didn't really know she didn't want to kill this spirit that was the problem um, yeah, but and it, then the spirit was kind of gaslighting her as well, like you're going to kill my spirit's people, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a, in you know the bad stereotypical Indian accent, you know, mm. or, sorry, a Native American accent, like what they kept doing. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and Angel has pretty flimsy reason for not actually talking to Buffy. Now I wanted to bring this up too. All right. I'm glad you did because it, it just made no sense to him not telling her or him not coming out and saying, hey, you know, someone had a vision that you're going to die or something to get her to listen. I mean, it's pretty dire. It's not like he's just in town to look after someone's dog that, you know, you could say, oh, don't tell her I'm in town because, you know, it might be a bit awkward. But this is a pretty well, maybe she wouldn't reason. have hesitated on, like, you know, killing this spirit. Exactly. Yeah. If she had have known how much danger she was actually exactly, in. Exactly right. That's why I think it's a dumb idea to say, I'm in town, but don't tell her that she's in danger. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you tell someone well, you they're in danger? Put her, you actually just put her in danger doing that. Yeah, exactly. You're you're fulfilling the prophecy <laughs> yes. by uh, not help, not not coming to her out to her and saying, hey, I think she can handle it, seeing you. Yeah. All right. That That's a little gaslighty, isn't it? Isn't it maybe? Saying, oh, uh, she can't handle seeing him, but he can see her. Oh, uh, not really. I think no. it's him just, he still hasn't quite dealt with his feelings for her, I'd say is the issue. Yeah. It's probably hard when you see an ex and they're moving on with their life and, yeah. I don't know. It's very flimsy. Yeah. It's it's a bit stupid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So, I will talk about Willow now. Mm-hmm. As she the apologist. Is, she is absolutely insufferable in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I will just put it down to her being in a bad headspace due to Oz leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she seems fine with this spirit just going around killing people. 
Um, yeah, because uh, those people had absolutely nothing to do with what happened to yeah, his culture. Yeah, and, and, you know, going around killing people out of vengeance, which might be a little bit of foreshadowing for what happens in later seasons with her. Okay, she, yeah. she becomes quite big on the vengeance. <laughs> and, and of all the people that uh, this spirit was killing, they were actually preserving their culture yeah, in exactly, some way. Yeah, So it's the, were the wrong people to kill. I mean, these people are actually showing some sort of honour and respect for their people. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to kill them? Yeah. So, yeah. But as, Xander, but as Xander said, it was the, you know, like we woke you up and you're just going to kill the, <laughs> the first person that you see. Yeah. Um, take your vengeance out on, you know, an innocent bystander when they actually haven't done anything. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, Willow getting upset and offended on behalf of another culture you know that social social just being a social justice warrior yeah which you know everyone you know everyone's a keyboard warrior these days and yeah yeah and it's i think it's that thing that um that movie get out touched on the uh what was it the uh what are they called liberal racists or the yeah. um like when he says to the character, "Oh, if I could, if I could vote for Obama twice, I would have." Yeah. But it, but again, it just comes off as patronising. Yes. That you know, oh, I I get you, you know, I understand you. Yeah. Which is almost just, it's not it's not as bad as someone being racist to you directly, but you know, it's they mean well, but you know, it's not really helping. Yeah. Uh which brings me to my next point is Willow and Giles's argument mm-hmm. that they're having. Uh, so the show did try to have a complex conversation about a subject that most most shows would stay clear of at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the metaphor here doesn't work, and you can't connect the villain. because you only see him kill and you have no other character development. At all, like other than Willow and Buffy being sympathetic towards what had happened to his people. Like there's no character, like you don't, like, you know, Thanos, for example, mm. though he was, you know, this big evil character, uh, you you saw where he was coming from <laughs> on his point of view of wiping out half the universe. There's a limited amount of resources. That was yeah. his reason f- reasoning behind it. That was his, that was his philosophy. But you couldn't really... You, you couldn't see any of that from this character. And he just kept turning into these stereotypes like he was a coyote in one thing. He was a bear. He was a, was a bear. He, he turned into some crows. crows yeah. It, it's also a sort of touches on that thing where people to minority communities and sort of anoint them to be these grandiose people. But even though at the end of the day they're just people. Yeah. That just because someone is an immigrant or someone, you know, is of a certain colour or something like that, that you would assume that they're all great loving people. But at the end of the day, they're just people. Yeah. And and it's also it's you know, kind of kind of going backwards a little bit in a way where you're you're trying to like like saying immigrants are all beautiful, you know, people uh, people who need something. But yeah, that's true. But they are just people as well. Yeah. So to to sort of have them anointed onto some sort of scope as being these uh, benevolent people, but they're not really. They're just people. Yeah. 
So, you know, and the same with, you know, any culture or any human or any person for that matter. Um, and sort of leading into that, so that it's talking about colonialism. So we, can we touch on that? <laughs> oh. Are we this, this can- is something- and this is the other thing is that I'm like, this is the sort of stuff that I'll get cancelled you know, we get cancelled for this sort of yeah. stuff. You don't want to talk not, about this stuff. We're not woke enough. Like it, like it's out of it's out of my comfort zone to even talk about this yeah. sort of subject because I really don't know anything about it. No. Like and but, and th- but there's also that thing. There's nothing I can do about what happened. Like oh, yeah, I like it is that thing. I am very sorry for it happening, hmm. but it happened. <laughs> Yeah, but this is something that comes up in our in Australian politics oh, as well. Yeah. Like with Australia it's, it's Day, there's always a thing, or we should call it Invasion Day. And it's like, well, look, it wasn't really that's not really what happened. You know, it wasn't a military force that took over the country. You know, it's it's kind of oversimplifying a complex issue, and people just want to stand out with banners and, and want things to change. But there's really nothing to offer. There's really nothing to do at the end of the day. Like we we can stand around and argue and have a screaming match, but then nothing's really resolved and we're back to where we were before. So, and it's, it's just saying, it's just something that comes up in our, you know, with what happened with the Aborigines, you know, and, and you know, what they went through. And it just, we just end up going around in circles, I find, and, and nothing gets resolved and everyone's a shitty at each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right. And now our kids have to do the, what's that pledge that they do? We, the, they do like this little pledge in the morning. Acknowledge, acknowledging the lands of the Aboriginal, okay, the Wanjuri, yeah, yeah. they acknowledge the Wanjuri people, and mm. it's on TV. It's you know, it's this yeah, every this sporting, excessive, excessive wokeness, I suppose. Yeah, and it's like every sporting event now has to have the wel- welcoming ceremony, which is something they just kind of invented recently because they wanted to have something. Mm. I think it was something that the Maori people used to have. Yeah, and Australia's like, hey, we need something like that. So let's get some Aboriginal people to dance around it, and we can do the same thing and make it look like we sympathise or something, you know. And it's like, okay, all right, cool, we'll do that, you know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Even talking about it now, I'm like, well, again, can I say that? Again, can I say that? The you know, but again, a lot of this comes from a lot of that stuff is just people being upset on behalf of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and now we're getting to the apologists where people are like going around saying apologizing for this stuff to people, but it's like, okay, it's it's sorry that happened, but you know, I didn't do it. You know, and we need to sort of move on at some at some stage you have to move on. Not and, forget. Not no, I didn't say forget. I said move on. And now there is there is something I I when living in living overseas and I heard people talk about, you know, their country being invaded and being raped and pillaged by invaders and conquered and all this other stuff and having their resources taken. And I heard this coming from white people in England. And these people were sort of associated with the British National Party. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're, and they're kind of seen as these right-wing nutters. Mm-hmm. And, and, th- and they say the same arguments that I hear from some of the original communities or not communities but uh from speakers as well and i'm kind of it kind of makes me wonder like one side of the planet i hear people say that and they're laughed at basically yeah. like yeah. you're idiots you know you're talking about uh the french conquering you you're talking about the romans conquering you you're talking about that and then with this it's like okay it was a couple of hundred years ago but like you know in england they're just seen as absolute fuckheads and they are basically but you know anyway it's just <laughs> that is what it is i guess yeah I mean, I, could, I, I uh, support and oppose a lot of things and nothing strong enough to pick up a pen. That is true. 
Well, you know, and only recently they made like there was all the issues revolving around the Aboriginal flag because it had a copyright on it. Yes, yeah. Which, is, which um, I won't really go into it, but I might make flags. Yeah. <laughs> I might work for a company that makes flags, but there was a copyright on. Yeah, and the Australian government bought it for $20 million, I think. Yeah, so now anyone mm. can print it, but at one stage only one company could print it and my, the company I worked for would have to buy from this other flag company in order to sell it uh yeah and it also meant that it had to, it was always far more expensive than all the other flags <laughs> like yeah mm, it would be yeah. almost double the price of other flags wow okay yeah yeah but yeah people like to flail them around at uh rallies so yeah it seems that any protest you have to have a Aboriginal flag, even it's really nothing to do with Aboriginal people or well, anything. The, the only real difference with it is that they have a black header on it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> like it's just meant to be done with a black header. It's one of the only flags that has to have a black header. Okay, I don't know what yeah. that is. It's just how you hang it. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. It's like a piece of material that you put rope in. and Yeah, and it doesn't matter. All right, okay. All right, how about we move on from that? All right. I'm glad we solved that argument once and for all to never come up again. Yes. But, yeah, now – well, now the – yeah, the the copyright has been removed. Well, that's – yeah, yeah. Because it did come up when the AFL wanted to use the flag Mm. recently and they wouldn't – they wouldn't let them use it or something. Oh, God. I'm sure they've used it before. No, well, I think it was they wanted the design on the uniform. On they've the, had that before. Have they? Or yeah. I know they've I know they do the the design like the actual artworks, um, the fabric artwork designs yeah. on them. But I don't think they've actually had the Aboriginal. What about the Torres Strait Islander flag? Was that copyrighted too? No. No. Okay. No. Because we I've made that many, many times. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, the Torres Strait Islander one wasn't. Okay, there you yeah. go. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I will go into why. Um, did you notice Buffy was wearing a black cowboy hat? A black cowboy. I have that written down here. <laughs> Has she ever worn that hat before? Uh, no. I thought that was Never weird, again. her wearing a cowboy hat at yeah, the start. Yeah, it was so that you could get your cowboys and Indians uh, yeah. motif on. and Yeah, a bit of foreshadowing, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, yeah. you know. Yeehaw. Yeah. And, yeah, feeding, the episode kind of goes into feeding the myth of Native Americans and their cult has been completely wiped out. Um. So, what's, what's Pang's? Oh, uh, yeah. So, pangs is like a sudden sharp pain or emotion. Okay. Yeah. What, of, of grief or something or? It can be grief. It can be. Is it associated with grief? Like would you yeah, use it in the sometimes, sentence? Uh, I felt a sudden pang of hunger or. Okay. All right. I felt a sudden pang of emotions, a pang of sadness. <laughs> I don't think I've everyone ever heard anyone use that in a in a sentence before. It's normally, I'd say, it's normally used for hunger pains. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah. What's a pangs? Yeah. Hunger pangs. <laughs> not growing pangs. Yeah, not growing pangs. Hunger pangs. They're sort of sudden and sharp. Hmm. Yeah. 
Oh, um, didn't know that one. Now, did you go on a rabbit hole with it? Down, <laughs> go on a rabbit hole? No. Did you go down down into a rabbit hole go on this? down into a rabbit hole. Uh, the actor who played Huss. Huss or Huss? Huss. I don't know. I think it's Huss. Todd Thorley. Yeah. Played Nightwolf in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so there was a Mortal Kombat uh, animation series called Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm. I'd never seen this before. Uh, I've seen a lot of Mortal Kombat animations. I don't remember seeing this one. It was uh, it came out in '95. Went for about thirteen or so episodes. Um, had an all-star cast. Now, just listen to these names. So, I just told you we had Todd Thorny as Nightwolf, who, if you're not familiar with Mortal Kombat, is a Native American character. <laughs> Nightwolf, yeah. Uh, I think you can tell from just the just name. Just the name, <laughs> Nightwolf. Clancy Brown as Raiden. Ooh. Yeah. Luke Perry as Sub-Zero. Coming back to Buffy wow. again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh these are just voices. Voices, yes. Yep. This is an animation. Guess it was Liu Kang. <laughs> Brian Tochi. Who's that? Nagata from Police Academy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you just heard our previous episode, we spoke about Brian playing Asian characters. Uh, yeah, played Liu Kang. Lots of wah, wah, wah in that. Uh, and Ron Perlman as Striker. So, all-star cast. Wow. Yeah, a shitty fucking animation show that I never heard of. Although I think Ron Perlman did a lot of animation voices, but I don't think he was really known. What was it called again? Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm. This is sounding familiar because I think I might have seen this on like Fox. Remember Fox Kids? Fox Kids, yeah. Yeah, I think I remember like flipping channels at at your old place. Oh, okay. Um. At your parents' house and hitting Fox Kids and they're being like this Mortal Kombat <laughs> Once again, cartoon. in your 20s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's okay to watch cartoons when you're in your 20s, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Can't remember, cartoons aren't just for kids anymore, Jerry. No, no, they're not. But I'm pretty sure that one was just it's, for kids. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty average, to be honest. Nothing uh, too cool about that. There were some awful ones, though, made. Of, I remember I hide one on... VHS tape and it was just and I've been been through the wash or something and it was just yeah awful yeah never given up on those Mortal Kombat animations do they so um, so many Mortal Kombat shows be made may be made yeah uh, and Jared had you seen this episode no no I hadn't seen this episode completely new to me yeah okay yeah all right did we want to go into question time yeah let's do question time. the question yes oh yes okay jared which character was your favorite in this episode i liked spike yeah i had spike yeah are we gonna all have the same answers on this one or maybe which character did you love (laughs) (laughs) love to hate willow yeah i have willow is just a touch insufferable Mm, yeah with her holier than now, absolutely, yeah. Stance on issues, 
Because then she's also a bit of a hypocrite in this as well because then she just goes from I'm not I'm not going to help you to kill this guy. Beating to, him with a shovel? Yeah, to beating him with a shovel. Was that sort of meant to be played for laughs on that, that I scene? I don't think so. It, but it kind of was. It was kind of funny though. Yeah, yeah. just clobbering with a shovel. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, what was the most memorable fight scene? So that when Buffy went one toe-to-toe with uh, Huss yep. towards the end, yeah, it was pretty pretty intense fight scene, yeah. Yeah. A bit stabby, a bit, you know. Yeah, I, I've got the, the fight scene with the bear. She <laughs> <laughs> just starts fighting the bear. What's that, a real bear? Uh, I think it is. I think some shots they do use a real bear and some shots, I think when Buffy's with it, it's, it's a guy in a suit. It's obviously a guy in a suit because yeah. there's times when you just see it or it's just a guy with an arm, bear arm. Yeah. He's, he's bearing arms. <laughs> the right to bear arms? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had bear arms on. <laughs> oh, that's, that just brings up a whole other topic on that, hey? We'll just stay, stay away the right to bear arms, all right? Yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was, was it? Um, I, I looked that up and no one couldn't find anything about that, but I reckon. Uh, no, because I, I can't remember where I read it but a guy was talking about how he went to some sanctuary and he met the bear that was in Buffy I'm just going to go on a whim here that wasn't a Doc Antle guy was it no from no. Tiger King <laughs> no no it was the bear was um, somewhere up in Canada okay all right yeah I think it was in the comics comic comment section of like a right okay yeah someone. I'm just wondering how they shot that because it looks like there was an actual bear in the room though I think I don't think black bears are that big though I think they are. They're are pretty they? big. Big enough. They're big enough. <laughs> um, next question. LOL moment. So I thought Spike <laughs> getting hit repeatedly by the arrows. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also a bear. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, mine would have to be Spike being the sexy little drama queen with his torn, dirty blanket and he's looking in the window and he's like so sad and he's crying and you know he's he's watching the, another vampire family and they're all eating together <laughs> and this poor guy that this guy that they're eating together and is he's it, so jealous is that playing so like upset. one of those thanksgiving movies where like yes. the orphan kids outside yes. and it's he's like playing pe- on it's playing on all those like it happens a lot in those christmas movies like yeah. there's someone will always be standing on the outside watching people like sitting around a christmas tree <laughs> yeah it, eating a nice and big meal and like yeah. a family and they're, they're like yeah. eating this guy or I they're giving make, e- or they're giving each other presents and they're smiling and they're happy yeah. and i didn't make that connection to you <laughs> until you said that then that's hilarious yeah oh and i forgot to mention the there's also like lots of like the dramatic music is also swelling in that scene <laughs> as well uh all right um Favorite scene. Now, my favorite scene, and I when I rewatched it before, it was that final shot at the end when um, Xander let slip that. Oh, it was good that Angel turned up too, and everyone at the table just sits there and just looks over at Buffy. Yeah. But like the point of view, like everyone it's just from turns, the camera. just yeah. turns and looks at her, and like everyone's just oh shit. And there's a nice huge grin on, on uh, Spike when yeah, he looks yeah. over. Um, so that final shot just. Everyone just looking over that it just sort of ends like that. You know what? Uh, what? That's what I got too. Oh, 
No way. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Don't bullshit me. That's amazing. Mm. I don't believe that. Okay. Uh, least favorite scene. I guess there's a scene with Buffy and Willow in the dorm just talking about not something. I don't know. It was a bit boring. <laughs> Didn't like that one. Uh, go with that. Yeah, I'll just go. Any of the scenes with um with Riley. Riley I was going to say Riley. Yeah, I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I think when they're in the forest and they've got like they you never see them wear it again. They've got the wall paint on. <laughs> is that foreshadowing? Well, do you know how hard that shit is to get off your face? Yeah, I know. It's on your pillow for days. That stuff. <laughs> Like, yeah, that, that stuff's not easy to get off. It's like zinc, you know. It's like you ever put zinc on your face and, yeah, that's yeah. that's like on there for days. Yeah, yeah, it's designed to stay on your face for days. <laughs> like you don't just wear it around like yeah. that. And that, they went full zinc face, didn't they? Well, it was weird. No, it was just on their face, face though, wasn't it? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they went, yeah, the whole face was just completely covered. Yeah, but normally they wear... It was a black guy who covered his face too, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, normally they um put, normally they're wearing the balaclavas. Yeah. Wouldn't that be easier? Well, yeah. Is it less less conspicuous or more conspicuous? Well, is it? Have they just done that so that we know that it's them? But we already know that they're the they're the three initiative. Yeah, that guys. was a bit weird. That the whole camo face. Now, the more I think about it, like it. Considering they both have to hop on planes to. Go see their families. Mm. <laughs> well, considering they've got to go to class the next day at, <laughs> at you know, oh, well, oh, actually, no, they're on Thanksgiving, but still, you know, they're at the yeah. school and stuff, though, so they weren't going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, that was a mistake. <sighs> yeah. Uh, favorite quote? Uh, my favorite quote uh, with Buffy correcting Giles uh, We don't say Indian. And Giles replies, oh, no, right, yes, um, I'm always behind on the terms. Still trying not to refer to you as bloody colonials. <laughs> yeah. I've got two. Um, the first one is Giles. Well, that's good, but this is why I think we should keep a keep a level head in this. And Willow's respond is, and I happen to think mine is the level head and yours is the one that things roll off of. Hmm. I've got that one. And then I've got Spike's little monologue, which I'll read out. Okay. So it's Spike is, I just can't take all this namby-pamby boo-hooing about the bloody Indians. And Willow responds with, ah, the preferred term is, before she can finish, Spike is like, you won, all right. You came in and you killed them and you took their land. That's what conquering nations do. That's what Caesar did. And he's not going around saying, I came, I conquered, I felt really bad about it. <laughs> the history of the world is not people making friends. You had better weapons and you massacred, massacred them. End of story. Just and do it. <laughs> yeah. And he has a point. And it was exactly what Giles was trying to say as well. Yeah, which he sort of <laughs> muttered to himself, exactly what I just said before, but no one listened. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, who gets the wooden spoon Willow. in this episode? Yeah, I got Willow. Yeah. Who's the MVP of this episode? Uh, I found it a bit hard. Um, I kind of thought Angel 
Um, yeah, I wasn't too convinced on that. I wasn't really, but you know, Buffy, I guess. Buffy's always a safe bet, isn't she? Mm. Yeah. Who'd you go? Um, this is going to be a controversial one. Oh, no. I went Spike because he's the only thing that makes this episode bearable. <laughs> Get it? Bearable. Oh, no. <laughs> bearable. Because oh, he's all like, bear, a bear. You made a bear. There's a bear in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, the bear, and the weird thing is, the bear part, it's so silly. I don't know. Yeah, it's about that point where it just gets a little ridiculous, doesn't it? It's so, so silly, that bit. Yeah. Mm. Like when you look at it, it's, uh, yeah, I'm sitting there going, this is, the, it's ridiculous. Out of all the things that I've seen in Buffy, mm. that's, the, that's the one thing. A bear is the one thing that I'm going to go, that's ridiculous. <laughs> mm. But it, it's one of those episodes that the more you think about it, the, more ridiculous it seems, even though why did the spirits come alive in the first place? Yeah, as I said, it was, it was. I've read a lot of comments about this this episode before yeah. doing this, and it's the fact that the episode does slightly feed into the myth of the Native American being completely wiped out and their culture being completely wiped out. Well, I was actually reading a bit uh, a bit about the Shamash people um, and they probably would have been in Sunnydale. Oh, really? They are sort of based around the Californian area, so there's all probability they were the local Indian tribes around there. At estimates, they probably reckon there was about 20,000 of them at the time the Spanish or the Americans came around, um, maybe down to about 5,000 now, so there's not too many of them. Um, the last like native-speaking Shamash person died in the 60s, I think. Yeah. Um, so it is a culture that's struggling, you know. As it's just one of those things, you know. As and, and the thing is, it can't. As we as humans, we we don't tend to sort of stay in our breeds, if you like, if we can say that. We tend to mix and dilute ourselves pretty quickly naturally. So it's yeah. like after a few hundred years, there probably would be a lot less of them around in, in some mm. ways because we don't just stay on our tribes, you know, much as what people would say. It, it just doesn't happen, you know. Yeah. You know, um, so, which is unfortunate, I guess, but it's, again, it's just one of those things, you know, it's not really anything you can do about it, you know. Um, and, yeah, they've got some, like, little um, missions and stuff like that that they have, you culture centres and you stuff. You can have casinos now. <laughs> Did she say that? Yeah, she, <laughs> she said, said that. that. Yeah. That, uh, isn't that really wasn't that really bad for them? Are they still happening? Or I guess yeah, I don't. Know. I think it just sort of turned them into mobsters in some way. <laughs> they just got really filthy rich very quickly and very selective few. I don't know what, what sort of happened, but I I remember like for a while like um, a lot of TV shows kept showing these Indian reservation casinos. Like I think they just started popping up all at once. There was like TV shows like The Simpsons, A Family Guy, Malcolm in the Middle, all did an episode where they went to a Indian Reserve casino. And I'd never seen them before. So whether they're all just in the early 90s, they all started popping up or something Maybe. like that in the, in the mid-90s. I don't know. So, Unfortunately, it's an area I know very little <laughs> yeah, we about. Know I, we, we, we Don't take our word for it. We're just here for we entertainment. We're not, we're not staying away. <sighs> we're staying away from politics. We know absolutely nothing about it. 
We don't even know, we don't even know much about our own political situation at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, what do you rate this episode out of 10? So I was almost going to say, for high Hawaiians. <laughs> oh, no, you no, didn't. You... No, you did not. You did not. <laughs> I did not do it. No, all oh, four severed ears. Okay, that's better. <laughs> okay, I went four flying arrows. I was going to say that too, but I went something gruesome, as I always do. But you scolded me the first time, like when I started doing gruesome ones. You were like, ooh, that's gruesome. Did and I? Now that now all you do is gruesome ones. Oh, okay. Because you're like, you did that gruesome one one time. So. Well, yeah, it's fun to be me. <laughs> All right. All right. So, anything you wanted to add? So, Not oh, really. just saw the merch. So, yeah, check it out. How much does one of those uh, mugs go for, Eddie? I don't know. 50 bucks. What? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it depends. It it'll The website I'm using will change its pricing to okay. to whatever area it is in. Yeah. Okay. So but yeah, you can follow the links from our socials to the merchandise shop. Yes, you can. In so, the link tree. So what do you do, Eddie? Push the button. I'm, yep. I'm pushing the button. All right, push, push the, the button. button. Well, I hope you've enjoyed listening to us tonight. We are Nerd Subculture. My name is Jared. And I'm Edwina. And if you like what you hear and you want to say hello, where can you find us, Eddie? Oh, you can find us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and there is a Facebook group, and you can email us at nerdsubculture at gmail.com. And follow the links in our socials to our merchandise and and Patreon. Just plugging ourselves tonight. Well, look. Well, we need something to help pay for (laughs) the um, podcast. Yeah, we need to pay our bills. So I need a new Ferrari. So my other one's two years old now. So, So yeah, make sure you like, share, subscribe. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Ferrari. Merchandising! Merchandising!